All right, everyone. How's it going? Hope you are well. Welcome back to the Brawn and Brains podcast. Today, we are extremely excited to have Hader Mehdi joining us. Uh, Hader, how's it, how's it going, man? How are you? Good. Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you. How are you, boys? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How's life in Dubai? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, can't complain, to be honest. <laughs> I can imagine not yeah. now. No, how's, uh, how's the gyms across there? Because uh, obviously we see a lot of footage from a lot of people. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to know if the gyms really live up to the hype. Um, yes and no. They do in terms of, <clears throat> I guess, the equipment and the size and the kind of stature of the gyms. They are all pretty kind of substantial and they've got good kit. But it's hard to find one that's complete. Mm, right yeah, yeah. So they've even got good kit with some completely like odd missing bits where you're like how come they've not got that or how come they've not got this mm -hmm. and then they're either really kitted out or they've just got zero atmosphere so it's kind of like yeah. hard to find a uh, a gym that you're just really really happy with and you can't pick any faults on so i mostly train that now then um predominantly we've been training at a gym called train strength and fitness mm -hmm. so it's a good gym it's um it's got pretty much everything in it and uh there's no kind of egos or any kind of crap that you get in some of the others as well yeah, the, yeah. What, the main one binus is it's a good gym and i trained there a lot last year but um it's it's one of those gyms that you kind of uh you can't really just get on with what you want to do without having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah I saw um, Mike Thurston, you know Mike Thurston? Yeah, 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 of course. And he was walking into training. I was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I just want to train legs. I can't train in Benus without being pestered. Yeah, I've seen that. He said on one of his yeah. YouTube videos, I remember him saying that, yeah. But yeah, is, that, is, that, is that the same review as well? Do you find you get pestered often? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not as popular as Mike, but you just know people, don't you? And yeah. people just want to talk to you and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it, it can get like that, I guess. So if you want to just get in and get out, then it, it's tough to do that sometimes in places like that. And they put the prices up at Benus as well. And it's just a little bit like, for what you're getting out of it, it's not really worth it anymore for me. So the type, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, to, to begin with, uh, I know obviously you, 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 you haven't done like too much sort of content sort of outside Instagram. I know you've uh, been listening to sort of the other podcasts that you've done. And I know that kind of with Hannah and, and Charlie, you kind of already sort of got into this whole thing. So we'll keep it, we'll keep it decently brief. But uh, for those for those listening uh, who, who may not sort of know, uh, give us sort of your, your background and what you do and, and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So... Um, I'm an online coach. Um, I was a personal trainer before that. It was around 11 years ago that I actually started PTing. Um, I am a men's physique competitor. Been competing for about six years now, um, with a year off in between that, so five years, I guess, solidly. Mm -hmm. um, I am. I'm married. Got two kids, and I am. Um, living in Dubai at the minute. So that's a little bit of a quick overview, I guess. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, obviously, sort of, uh, as, as, I, as I just said, you know, it's sort of touched on the, the personal side of things a lot um, on kind of some of the previous podcasts you've done with, with Hannah and with Charlie. 
so we were kind of quite keen to sort of delve into some of sort of the, the training side of things because obviously I know when you did the podcast with Charlie a couple of months ago this was when you were sort of uh, more in between coaches and starting to lean towards uh, Hyacinth uh, yeah. and now I believe you've kind of settled on that so I was wondering uh, sort of how how does that kind of compare to the previous approaches uh, what what does your training sort of look like now in comparison and how's the the whole sort of you know new coach thing going yeah um so the training aspect of things with Tyson it's more body part splits now so it's not your push pull legs or anything like I was doing mm -hmm. but at the same time it's not a complete pro split it's not I don't have an actual arm day so arms is tagged on to well triceps are tagged on to push and biceps are tagged on to pull but even though I say push and pull, it's it's not push and pull. So I'm still in that kind of mode of talking yeah. about it for so long. But so chest and triceps and uh, back and biceps, I guess. Sounds so bro, doesn't it? That doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the volume is a touch higher, but the most of the exercises and the reps are and the sets i guess it's kind of still a load and a back off style like i was doing on on predominantly the heavy stuff and then as we get more into the isolation work the reps do go up a little bit but the sets not so much but then the volume's higher overall because there's just more exercises and more to yeah. do so um i guess it's just more kind of more more hammer you're just hammering your muscle a little bit more than i was before so you i'm doing a two day on one day off split which i was doing anyway mm -hmm. so it's not that much different really when you really look into it, it it's really not that much different apart from because what i came back off i started off doing a push pull leg split and then i went into a push pull rest delt and arms leg day split so gotcha. then from going that to that to doing now I do chest and triceps, back and biceps, rest, mm -hmm. shoulders, legs, rest. It's really not that much different. Yeah. 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 Um, do you prefer that? Is it is it more enjoyable or do you think it's just worth it for the sake of making a difference to your own physique? Yeah, I I I I think it's the second one, to be honest. I do enjoy it, but I just enjoy training. When I look back on doing push pull legs and the push pull legs and delts and arm, I love that too. So yeah. it's just um, a case of having to do what I need to do now to kind of bring up the areas that I feel like I need bringing up and that's just giving them a little bit more attention and a little bit more volume and, uh, yeah. kind of focusing on certain movements that I feel like I connect with a little bit more yeah makes yeah. sense that, 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 that's interesting then um, it, it's interesting to hear that it's not quite as, as different as I, I was expecting to, to hear it because I know you sort of touched on on the idea of kind of you know, moving, moving coaches to almost kind of see what, what you can learn from someone else. Cause obviously, you know, you've been with Jordan yeah. for such a, such a prolonged period of time. Uh, yeah. what, what do you feel you've kind of, uh, learned off, off Hyacinth as it, as it were, uh, obviously um, you know, still, still being, you know, fa fairly new with, with him, but yeah. feel there's anything. He, he, he does things a lot different to be honest. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, the way like now I'm transitioning into prep, I'm doing like I'm doing hit cardio. Oh okay. like, which nobody does anymore. Yeah. They, yeah. Not not for preps anyway, because everybody's too fearful of losing muscle and mm -hmm. everything else. Um, and like I said, the volume's a lot higher throughout the session, which again is something that is very kind of feared upon nowadays. It's like 
you can only do what you can recover from. And I feel like mm. now I'm anecdotally doing something, it's like, well, maybe you don't really have to worry about the volume that you're doing and what you can, what you can recover from. Because, I mean, obviously everybody's going to have different recovery capabilities. So mm-hmm. I can't just give this as a blanket statement, but it seems like everybody else is giving that as a blanket statement on the other side of things where they're saying you can't recover from this and you won't recover from that and you can't do that movement in that exercise and then do those all that volume afterwards and you'll be crippled and you'll never grow and you'll never recover etc so I, I do feel like maybe that's a little bit overhyped because I mean I wouldn't say I've got any any kind of um, supreme genetics or recovery capabilities but I've managed to grow and I'm now prepping and looking as though I'm maintaining my strength and everything else. So it, I, I feel like the industry gets hold of something by the bigger names and the bigger people in the industry. And then it gets spread out across social media. And then that's then took upon as a rule. And now yeah. we've got to yeah. do that. And that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. So now I've Hyacinth's obviously not afraid to try to uh, that's obviously sorry something that he believes in is adding a bit more volume and doing things a bit different right and because i obviously chose to work with heisen i have to then follow that protocol so at the beginning i was like wow this is a little bit high volume i don't know how i'm going to get on with this and i was smashed for the first kind of week to 10 days but then you you like our bodies are very 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 efficient at, at dealing with stimulus and stuff like so probably in my thoughts, I would think that when people would start it, they'll be feeling like that straight away, but they wouldn't give it enough time after that. They'd be like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm, yeah. I'm falling asleep after I've trained every day now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I physically can't do anything after, or I've got doms for days. Or, But then after you give it a little bit more time and you give it a little bit more of a run, then you start to find out that your body's actually kind of dealing with it okay and then and, and it was just that transitional period that you had to kind of get by mm. and then you're okay so it that that that's one thing that's that was very different and like I said something that I had to kind of get my head around and just have faith in and it, it, it ended up being okay so mm-hmm. that's one thing and the other thing is now I'm dieting and we're bringing calories down being with Jordan for so long he would always always pull food and pull carbs from um away from the workout as much as we could really mm-hmm. so i mean and, and now that is still kind of the case so it's not so much that it's completely different but i was always of the notion of when you're in the deficit and when you're dieting that you should try and prioritize your recovery more than anything else so obviously you want some carbs pre-workout and then you want them post and maybe post post so you've got enough fuel to train hard yeah and you can maintain your lifts and you can stay strong and then you've got carbs to recover in two or three meals afterwards yeah i I think that makes plenty of sense yeah yeah Yeah. and that's going to kind of preserve your tissue but then the way hyacinth does it is it's completely the opposite so i've got high carbs in meal one high carbs in meal two and then very very low in post-workout and then now we're dieting they just keep coming off from from the the meals after our train interesting interesting yeah. is, he, is, he, is he giving a reason as to why that is at all or 
so well, I obviously asked him, I was like, why, why are we doing it like this? Like, explain what I just explained to you lot on how I've always done it and how my thinking behind why you would pull them from other places rather than post-workout. And uh, I mean, it, it sounds kind of like a bit bro but it was just like, he, he was just like, your recovery will be fine. Like you won't lose any muscle. And, 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 and he wants to prioritize my training and make sure that I'm training hard. And I, I guess when I look at it now, it might be from an output standpoint. He mm-hmm. might not want me yeah. to get lazy through sessions. He might not want me to slack off through sessions. But I guess because we are still new working together, this is something that he has to kind of have faith in his own yeah. um, methods mm-hmm. yeah. and try with me. Because in my head, I'm like, you could put me on zero carbs and 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 zero fat, and I'll still train as hard as I ever can. Like yeah. that's what I know that I can do. But then he can't just have faith in me saying that. I guess so. I have to kind of <laughs> get to do, it. do you know what I mean? Because I guess I'm a coach. I work with a lot of people, and uh, you know that there's some people that just rely on food, mm-hmm. where they're like. They start really getting worried if they're not eating so much food, or they're, oh, I was really weak today because I didn't eat. I didn't because you dropped those carbs from meal one or whatever. And I'm like, that's not the reason you're yeah. weak. <laughs> you're weak because you went into that session with that mindset, yeah. and you yeah. didn't go in there attacking it and not not thinking about the food. You thought that food's gone down, so now I'm going to be weak. So you were weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, makes yeah, such a difference. Yeah, definitely. So I, 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 yeah. So what he said was he wanted to prioritize my training and that the recovery would be fine. And whenever we feel like we're going to get too flat or anything, then he's going to refeed me on on the days that he feels like he yeah, wants. Yeah, makes sense. So far, so good. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys as well that because I have a level of knowledge myself, it's hard to kind of take things sometimes. So I would never not do what my coach does, but I will second guess it and I will question it and I will be like, and then I'll also speak to other people that I do trust and rely on also. So like when mm-hmm. he started doing the hit, I was like, Jordan, what do you think? Like this yeah. hit, what, what do you think? And he was like, I think you'll be fine. He was like, I think the benefits that you're going to get from doing a hit at this stage is only going to benefit your training because you're going to be fitter, which means you're going to be able to train harder and you're going to yeah. be able to maximize all your working sets you're not going to gas out on anything and you're going to be able to give it more yeah uh, like, so sometimes you just need that little bit of assurance and you're like oh, okay stop panicking like it's okay just because jordan didn't do it that way yet when i put it to jordan he was like no 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 that's fine like, there's nothing wrong with that and mm-hmm. again i spoke to callum the muscle mentors as well about mm-hmm. about the food to so me and callum are quite close so i was like I didn't actually say to him, oh, my food's gone down from here, so what do you think? It was just like a, a question I asked him in a conversation. I was mm-hmm. like, what do you think to, um, where would you prioritize carbs in a diet? And he said to me, pre-workout. And I was like, okay. So then now that's two people that are prioritizing it pre and not post. Mm-hmm. And maybe it, so maybe the way that Jordan did it with me isn't the only way, which obviously mm-hmm. yeah. but you, you get into that way of thinking that, that that's that's the only way. And because you rationalize it as okay, I need to have those carbs post-workout to recover and because I'm in a deficit and everything else, then then you start thinking like that. And then after that, Callum was like, at the end of the day, mate, it doesn't even matter. Like when you're in a diet, you're in a diet. So those yeah. carbs yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It literally doesn't matter. Is I like, just get them in and that's it. 
Yeah. And it's just like, I guess it's more so just preference, isn't it? So you can put them where you want. Yeah, absolutely. You in deficit and you're working hard, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that really, really does show the value of having the right people around you that you can talk to. Yeah, definitely. And again, having these, having a coach, obviously, but also having these second eyes. When well, you are we, we found, we found like similar types of stuff when, when you prep, like in, in, in regards to just, you know, the, the training harder thing, even when food was down, we, yeah. we, we definitely understand that whole psychological absolutely. side of things. We, yeah. we understand kind of the, the idea of, you know, obviously, you know, with, with Ben kind of, you know, having a lot of knowledge and then, you know, we, we kind of almost, discussed with each other kind of like what we do instead of kind of any one person sort of making decisions and and how would you say because obviously now you're taking it a slightly different approach as you've said how would you say that's reflected upon how you now work with your own clients as well as that as things change in that front or um not yet not yet no i mean i i feel like that's something that i see quite a lot in in uh on social media i guess <laughs> is when people get with a new coach then they instantly start just making everyone <laughs> all their clients do that and yeah, it's so I, common to see and i'm yeah. like new, new I'm trend every week <laughs> i've never agreed yeah. with anything more in my life that's exactly what I, I always yeah. say that all the time yeah, like, oh, no God. i haven't literally haven't done anything that i'm doing with anyone yet so I, and i think it's a case of i need to get through this prep and i need to see what happens and what i look yeah. like on stage and everything else like it's all well and good now when i'm carrying a bit of body fat and stuff but we need to see how we come in and what i retain and what my body weight is in comparison to what it was last time and then until you've kind of proved the method, you can't just then give it out yeah. uh, willy-nilly and, 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 ex, and expect it to, to work well with everyone else. Like yeah. I know what my methods were and how they are successful. So I'm going to continue with those and then maybe bring something in from here, from Hyacinth stuff, if I feel like they're going to benefit the client. So it's just something that we've got to kind of um, give a little bit more time to, I guess. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it will never ever be just okay. Now everybody's doing but pro splits and everybody's doing uh, higher volume, and I'm going to take all the carbs from everyone's post workout meal. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that does bring up a, a good point actually. On now, now that you have experienced this, however, even even if not kind of you know, uh, I definitely agree. If not kind of immediately kind of putting all, all these new protocols in for for clients. Now that you are kind of starting to ease into this and again, sort of remains to be seen in the end product, how well it truly works. Do you have kind of your, your thoughts on, on sort of training and, and nutrition sort of changed around what sort of works for perhaps those who are less advanced for yourself versus those who are more advanced? Because like, for example, some of the stuff we kind of talked about last time with, with Caitlin when she was on, was kind of talking about sort of the idea of a lot of people do just sort of look to what those above them are, are doing yeah. and try and sort of replicate that. And yeah. do you now sort of think that, um, you know, perhaps whereas a lot of people might see you kind of doing these new things like bro splits and higher volume and stuff, have you kind of changed any of your views on training for those who are sort of trying to build from the bottom versus sort of trying to almost sort of refine and make those very particular adjustments to their physique like yourself obviously being at a, a very high level of what you do almost kind of the idea of people training to to you know i guess the the, the jp way for for lack yeah. of a, a better phrase to to gain muscle versus then sort of refine the look if you will i, I think i, I mean it, it's it I'm, I'm very uh open i am at the minute i'm, I'm kind of because i'm at this stage of 
working with someone else and doing new things and different things and seeing how I've recovered and how I've managed to still make progress with higher volume and, and um, less, 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 less frequency, I guess, mm-hmm. of hitting the same muscle group. Um, I'm now at the point where I'm wondering and, 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 and thinking about it a little bit more because there's no doubt about it that doing a upper lower split or a push pull leg split where your frequency is high and your volume is low and you can keep hitting that muscle group multiple times across a, a week or a 10 day period and you don't hammer it enough that you can recover from it and you can go again. There's no doubt, like the way I just explained it is so obvious that that's going to be a successful way of, of, of growing. But then you've got to look at it on the way of how did you all start training? Like, I don't know how, what your backgrounds are when you first got into the gym, but I started doing a bro split. That was the first thing that I ever did. And that's, the first, that, and that's all anybody did when mm-hmm. I first started training. And everybody grew. So it, it's like, it is, should it be dismissed when you're first starting out? Because mm. it, it, it kind of worked for everyone back then. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think the biggest fundamental is, is just training hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I agree. It, yeah, we've had that really several times. putting that effort in, like everything works. Have you watched much from like the uh, Oxygen Gym guys in Kuwait? Yeah, I've seen, seen some, some stuff, yeah. Like, yeah. They train like absolute nutters nutters like they'll do a heavy set of leg press for like 10 15 reps and then they'll go heavier and try and get 10 15 reps and then they'll do a drop set and then they'll put weight more back on and it all in one set and it's just literally just absolute hammer and the and and the only thing that's kind of regulated and 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 the same is 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 the intensity that they're bringing to the session Mm -hmm. it's how hard everybody's training so if you can if you can train hard, you're gonna change. Mm-hmm. If you can train truly hard, you're gonna change. If you yep. obviously if you prioritize your recovery and you eat well and you sleep well, you're gonna grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only kind of way that we can differentiate and say push pull legs or upper lower or bro split is best to start with is by actually making a beginner do both as a run trial. So you've got one guy doing a bro split, one guy doing a push pull leg split and see them doing it. Like I, I, I haven't seen any actual studies like that yet where, where they've been kind of compared onto that kind of scientific uh, level. How's me? So I, I don't know, it would be very hard because you'd have to match, you'd have to have two people that train super, super hard and mm-hmm. there'd be days where one won't train as hard as the other or everything else. So it'd be, t- it'd be hard but I genuinely do feel like it, it's it's um too hard to rule one out and say a beginner shouldn't sure. do that yeah for sure I, I I I do genuinely feel like I just said that if you can hit something with more frequency and a bit less lower a bit lower volume then you you, you're, you are you are 100% going to grow but again like I said it, who's to say they won't grow doing a no definitely yeah Yeah. definitely yeah i mean yeah we we kind of touched on this in our fundamentals of training episode that we did and we we said you know we we said the exact same thing kind of the the literature doesn't really draw many conclusions when it comes to training frequency 
And the only thing that we can think in terms of sort of beginners is perhaps kind of the skill elements and movement patterns and how that yeah. kind of might impact yeah. progression. But in terms of actual, you know, muscle gain and stuff, again, I think it does come more so down to kind of the intensity yeah. that someone can bring and, to and the session. There's some key things yeah. to take away and it's as simple as, like you said, you know, it's been very, it's been, it has been pretty lost recently in the industry of just simply treading hard in the first place. That's, that is the fundamental. Uh, but then also, like you said, you know, you, you've got two ways there. Both can absolutely work. So you just got to find what works best for you. And like, there's no right or wrong way. It's just what does work for you. I'm buying a training hard. And uh, yeah. It's like, it, it, there's so many um, opinions, isn't there nowadays? And so many kind of views on training and people just get married to one one yeah. thing and that's just all they run with like yeah it, it, it it's it's all over social media isn't it so you'll very rarely get a coach that will give one guy a bro split and one guy a push pull leg split one guy a super high volume with loads of drop sets and intensifiers and then somebody with a very 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 low volume their training's all pretty much going to be on the same kind of pattern because that's their belief and that's their mm -hmm. kind of just i guess it's like a, almost like a religion to a lot of people yeah yeah people into it so I, i'm quite open to it to be honest but i do feel like it's it's a lot easier to yeah i guess that is the word it's a lot easier to give somebody a plan with a higher frequency and a lower volume because it kind of just gives you that bit of uh, security that you know they are definitely going to grow if they can hit something a little bit more frequently than mm -hmm. a pro split. So maybe as a beginner, I guess it's probably going to be better, but you, you just don't know. Do you? No, you, know, you, make, you make a very valid point. Do, how do you find that that, that uh, has kind of, uh, has that had any impact in terms of your sort of progression performance wise? Because obviously coming mm -hmm. from kind of a long time with Jordan, obviously, you know, the, the big thing there's sort of progressive overload and the numbers, the numbers, is that still a, a, a very kind of prevalent concept in your training or are so, you now looking to sort of other methods to, to provide the, the stimulus, so to speak? It's still very much based on trying to get stronger and trying to improve my lifts. But uh, he also did tell me he didn't want me to logbook. So that oh. was a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. He said, don't logbook. And uh, uh, I feel like that's probably because he didn't want me to just get too caught up in chasing numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah which makes sure. sense. Yeah. I feel like sometimes you can get too caught up in chasing numbers. One, on a basis of you just end up lifting like shit because you're trying to get strong. And then mm -hmm. on the second one, that when you do start really getting into the dog end of prep, that you just might not hit those numbers. And that's mm -hmm. just no good for yeah. morale or how you feel about yourself when you can see that you're getting weaker. But the other thing is, it's like, for me now, I'm at that level where I don't need a logbook to remember what my big lifts are. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I might forget what I'm doing on a cable fly or or, <laughs> or a tricep pushdown, but never going to forget what I'm doing on a on a on an incline dumbbell press or yeah. a barbell yeah. press or do you know what I mean, a rack pull or a deadlift or anything like that. That's never going to be out of my head when you're into it and you're really into kind of training and improving. You're not going to forget those big ones. No, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost like that logbook's ingrained in your head and you just know what you did last time, so you're going to try and beat it the next time. Yeah, definitely. Because, again, you know, it goes back to that idea of intensity. When someone does know how to, to kind of bring that to, to the session, you know that you, you don't have to tell someone to logbook because you know they are going to push themselves to go yeah. further every time anyway. So, yeah. 
yeah that's yeah. that that's a that's pretty interesting um i think an, another one sort of quickly sort of touch on is uh perhaps just quickly bring up the the nathan thing because i think that's a, a pretty cool one so um yeah. obviously now now just coming off the, the back of a, a couple of shows with with nathan and doing kind of pretty well in that regard um mm. what what do you, well i guess for what kind of went through your mind in terms of obviously being such a high level men's physique athlete yourself we were just curious if there was anything that kind of immediately jumped out at you when nathan kind of came to you with sort of uh, his his goals and kind of how you perhaps sort of went about his programming because it's not every day that you hear someone want to go from a, a bodybuilder to a men's physique okay. athlete because i think it's fair to say that the improvements that you guys made together were were pretty substantial awesome. and, really yeah awesome. you guys have done a, a great awesome job with that job awesome so. job thank you yeah no at first i was like wow well okay like you i'll never write anybody off i'll never kind of say that no somebody can't do something because you just don't know until mm. you get you get them to that point but at the beginning when he came to me and he's like hitting bodybuilding shots and and the reason he came to me is like uh, a lot of it was due to how his leg was recovering and it was like okay like do you do you really want to do this or is it just because you just want to compete mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you just want to compete but as we got into it a little bit more it's quite evident that he does actually like the class and he, he takes a lot from it he follows the big guys the, the pros and stuff and and he aspires to be successful within the class so at the beginning i was a little bit like oh shit, okay mm, i don't know but not to the point that it made me second guess wanting to get in there so it was almost just like not sure because i've always known nathan as being a very kind of hardcore bodybuilder do you know what i mean like that's what yeah. he, if you were going to pick someone to do men's physique you wouldn't have picked nathan <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean it was just like yeah, yeah. And, and i and i spoke to uh jamie johal as well before mm -hmm. i helped him because i know nathan worked with him for a bit so i was like oh what's he like and everything else and he's like yeah he's sound like that but i, I, I the, the way that when jamie was helping him it was in an off season so yeah. it was completely kind of yeah. different yeah he was trying to make nathan eat a lot of fucking food and nathan doesn't i don't think nathan really likes pushing food so yeah it was like yeah so it was like didn't really give me much of a of a kind of grasp on how things would go so it was just like okay let's just see what happens so i wanted to just improve him at first and i wanted to get his blood work in a good place before we push for prep so mm -hmm. i'm not sure that anyone had ever even done that with him either kind of mm -hmm. made it bit more of an emphasis yeah. on trying to get him healthy before he went with it because mm -hmm. nathan's been doing it like, i didn't even know but it, i remember him saying on your podcast that he's 2009 his first show yeah I think, yeah years ago yeah I, like i didn't even bodybuild then i think i just went to the gym every now and again it was like you know i mean i was a kid and like mm -hmm. he's been doing it for that long that people would didn't even know what bloods were there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, Literally yeah not even a thing obviously nathan's came with like moved on with the times and he obviously knew by the time that he was working with me but i don't think it was ever something that people prioritized with him if whoever he'd worked with or, or himself just doing his own thing so it was kind of uh that was the first thing was i just wanted to get his blood in a good place and just get him looking 
better and get him training like a bit more like a men's physique athlete. So mm -hmm. it was more so like, I'm not saying that there's specific um, men's physique training, but we've like highlighted the areas that yeah. men's physique athletes should have in, in, in kind of a little bit more prominent than others, I guess. So just to accentuate his taper and make his kind of mm -hmm. delts and arms pop a little bit more and more width to his back and stuff like that. So because for, for me, obviously, just watching Nathan over the years and seeing him being a bodybuilder, you just see those kind of front on shots and, mm -hmm. and he was a little bit straight up and down. So we had to kind of pose him. I met him in on Boxing Day in December and we went through some poses post-workout and like that was the day where I was like, wow, okay, he's got a long way to go here. Oh, yeah. He's really got to kind of sharpen his posing up and everything else. But you don't know, like, it's so hard to see a physique and I guess even more so a men's physique when they're in their off season. Yeah. Because you hit that kind of men's physique pose or a side shot or something and it just looks nothing like it looks when you peel. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you can't really see the true kind of potential. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. So I was like, Right. Okay. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. So we got to we started working and we started kind of bringing him in for the first uh, qualifier, which was the Kingdom Classic, and it just kept getting put back. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I think it got put back like five weeks, and then it got put back another two or three weeks or whatever. So, in 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 hindsight, that that was a, a good thing us because it just gave us more time to refine him and get really really dry and we weren't worrying or trying to push towards um or hurry towards the day at all it was just mm -hmm. a, a really easy prep towards the end he was just doing no cardio he was refeeding on burgers like every day every other day and then yeah and then we in, like i started to then increase his food mm -hmm rather than just feeding him up all the time because he was wow. just dropping fast. So we were just refeeding, dropping cardio, dropped it out. And then he just cruised in and we did a couple of Skype calls on some posing stuff. And um, yeah, and then the rest is history. I guess he got on stage at the Kingdom Classic. And I like, I would never really kind of don't want to talk bad about the, industry, the uh, Federation or whatever, but the guy that won it just shouldn't have beat him, uh, which, which, which is a bit frustrating because then he went and beat him again this just just this weekend gone the same guy so um he wasn't happy after that show he was really pissed off and it was the ryan terry classic the day after and I, he was like i want to do it and the judge one of the judges actually messaged me and was like he's he was too too big for this qualifier so then we had like 24 hours to get him leaner or smaller i guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he was peeled he was the most conditioned there he was just yeah. nice and cool, but he brought a good look so then we had to really kind of suck him down overnight so we did some bits and got him got him down a little bit and got him even harder and even drier and um, yeah and then he won the next day which really put him on a high and then he wanted to yeah. do the ben reader and then even then as he was going into the ben reader i was like well this is going to be like another level competition now this is a pro qualifier and this is where they've said that he he his look at the kingdom classic would be suited to so we kind of knew what we were going for and then um i 
think just that that two weeks in between that show to this show, we just look, he just looked even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we changed his carb up a little bit. We added in like an extra couple of hundred grams of carbs, but then went less on the day. And he just looked perfect. He looked absolutely perfect. Yeah. Even even Joe Jeffrey, you know Joe Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he messaged me after the Ryan Terry Classic, and he was like, "Mate, he was on, on, on." He was like, "There was nobody like that." He was because like, he saw him there. He was like, "There's been no, there was nobody as in as conditioned as him." And I was like, "Oh, that's good." Because obviously, I was just looking on live stream. Obviously, I've seen the pictures and stuff, but when you're on stage, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, when, of course. When you're watching something like that, but. Yeah, he, he even he even surprised me, to be honest, because he should have won his class at the Ben Weeder. He should have won. Yeah, yeah. Like, He comes second, but he should have won his class. The kid, no offence to him, but he didn't have anywhere near as much muscle. He didn't have anything. Like the, Nathan smoked everybody that day, and, and, yeah. and I'm a bit upset for him because that would have been a wicked achievement. And that, like, yeah. coming yeah, from bodybuilding to... To being in an overall and fighting for your pro cards, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's on now, so he knows uh, where he, where he, where he can be and what he's yeah. capable. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, you know the, the reason I wanted to bring that up was more so to kind of get the the sort of coach's point of view and kind of yeah. see some of the things that yeah, were running through your mind. Interesting. And I, yeah, and I think that actually runs things very nicely into kind of your competition plans and where you sort of see the class heading because sort of as as you mentioned the the judging has been questionable and I, I, I do completely agree to be honest because you know I haven't been into you know really competitive bodybuilding for for too long and really last year was the only time I really started paying attention to sort of shows and two bros and stuff and one thing that interested me was sort of how the how the judging for, for each show was kind of really worlds apart and the looks that they were going for was so drastically different and kind of again sort of reflected that this year looking at kind of Nathan and the men's physique guys um so I'm curious how that makes you feel about kind of how how you kind of compare and sort of the look that you're bringing this time because because uh, uh, again I know that obviously you know in 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 your shoes it's uh, it's about kind of working relentlessly as hard as you can towards the goal but I'm yeah. curious how you think your look at the moment uh sort of do you think it matches up to what they might be looking for? Uh, because I, I know you're like 11 weeks out now. Uh, yeah. and, and I know on, on the previous podcast that you did with Hannah, I noticed that, that you mentioned that you don't actually sort of even ask for sort of judges feedback because it, it's just about, you know, just improving the look and, and, and working yeah. harder, which was yeah. re- really cool to hear. But now kind of looking at the judging this year, uh, how do you feel your look kind of lines up in regards to what they're looking for? And do you think that, you know, could could sort of be your time this this year so i i think that on the day of the ben weeder show that they pretty much got everything right apart from nathan's class <laughs> the frustrating thing like if you look at all the winners they were all good the yeah. overall winner definitely should have won it the tall class winner mitch he was he was there he was really good mm-hmm. um all the other guys, they, they, I feel like they kind of deserved their class wins. And it was the only, the only one that didn't was Nathan's. And that mm-hmm. was the biggest travesty of the day, in my opinion. So it's, I'm not kind of lost in terms of how I feel about their judging and I'm not worrying at all. But mm-hmm. the other thing is, 
I don't plan on competing in the UK this year. So oh, fair. I was I was about to ask yeah. what show you're doing because I know you're like 11 weeks out now. So yeah. So the show I'm looking at doing is Portugal. So okay. it will probably be different judges anyway. So I'm not really. Mm -hmm. And I got I, I wasn't happy with how I was judged last year in the UK. So mm -hmm. I'm like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we thought I, that was quite a try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a bit, I was a bit bitter about this show that went on. The Ben Weeder, when I was watching, I was like, This is, I should have fucking won this last year. So, yeah, it was a little bit like, mm, I don't really, don't know whether I want to be up against, uh, sorry, judged by those same judges again when I've had a bit of a raw deal before because you just get that bit of taste in your mouth where you yes. don't really know how it's going to go. So yeah, I might just stay away this year. So yeah, we'll see. No, that's, that, yeah, that's I, I, I genuinely feel like I would have been competitive. I, I have, you have to believe in yeah, yourself when it comes to these things. Definitely. And um, I, I think if I was there, I would have, I would have won my class. I think I would have been in that overall. I don't know if I'd have beat the overall winner. She had a crazy physique. Like, I feel like I was, I'm a really, really big fan of his, his physique, to be honest. He had some crazy thick arms and delts yeah, and chest. Yeah. He looked very kind of pro-like. He yeah. stood out for me. So I'm not saying I was better than him, but I feel like I would have competed and done okay. So you just yeah, yeah. for sure. I'd have been I'd have been up there. Yeah, uh, I agree. Definitely would have been. And I very much like that honesty as well. Of like you know, because you sound like you're very fair with where you think you're at uh, in terms yeah. of like you, you can recognise that. And to be honest, that, and I, I do think you have a pro worthy physique, and I'm sure you agree. I'm sure a lot of people agree. Uh, but again, it's good that you are very honest with yourself and say, I'm competitive, but I'm not guaranteed to win. And that's mm -hmm. a good attitude because it just knows when you train, when you're going through prep, you know you just have to give it your all because you're not guaranteed anything. That's that's so true. I mean, I feel like I am quite a realist, and I I, I wouldn't say I am uh, I lack confidence, but I'm I, I'm very completely on the other side of overconfidence so i yeah. i will just it, and, and i said this on hannah's podcast as well yeah. it, it's mm -hmm. one of those it, this bodybuilding game it's like you 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 can't ever guarantee that you're going to win you might be the best there by far and you might not win yeah it, it's literally that that is how it is when some when people say oh um yeah it, yeah, the best guy won, or you just got beat fair and square. That's not always the case when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. It's not like sport, actual sport. It's not mm -hmm. like competitive sport. It's not like football. It's not like a, a sprint. It's not like a race. It's not skill-based. It's, 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 it's six people who sit there and decide what they like to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and now, this isn't me saying anything negative towards those judges as people but who are they like mm -hmm. why are they the why are they educated enough to make that decision mm -hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean like I know some of those judges personally and and they're not they're not like had a huge competitive background they're not anything that would make you think yeah he knows bodybuilding do you know what I mean it's like they sometimes they're just plucking people out from here there and everywhere their mates or someone that owns a gym or someone that's done a couple of shows and and and, and likes bodybuilding or is a fan of bodybuilding they're even they even do um like requests like do you want to be a judge do you want to come and shadow judge like anyone can do it mm -hmm. yeah do you know what i mean so you can't just you, you can't just take that opinion 
of, of, of whatever happens on that day. And if you didn't win, that that's you, that you're, you're no yeah. good. Or don't, cool. You will never turn pro or you will never win a show. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, in 2018, I did the amateur Olympia and I was like second call out. I came last, like in that call out. I think I was 11th or 12th. One year later, I won. I did four shows in one month and won two and came third and fourth in the other pro qualifiers in Iceland, Germany, Amsterdam and Russia. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's such a crazy sport. Like, and, and I'm real enough to say that I could go and compete in 11 weeks and get a second call out again. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That could happen. <laughs> I mean, I hope yeah, it absolutely. Don't, but... Yeah, yeah. No, it all, all, all makes a, a lot of yeah. sense, and it, it has been really cool to kind of you know watch you kind of relentlessly go at it because I know that's sort of probably probably what, what you're kind of most known for now. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I guess a way to even put it would be sometimes even sort of potentially sort of cheated out of that pro card and just continuing to kind of do the do. It has been it has been awesome to to watch. Um, I think I think that kind of uh, wraps things up quite nicely. With sort of all the training, coaching, competing yeah. side of things. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, we've yeah. got we've got a, a few questions, and one one of them I'm sure you'll you'll quite like because you know yeah yeah you are known for being quite honest and 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 stuff. So I guess kind of leading into I guess really some of the stuff that that we even saw said earlier about sort of sort of the coaches setting trends for clients and stuff. Um, what do you feel is sort of the 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 main reason I guess for uh, yeah someone asked what what's the why do you think misinformation is sort of so prevalent in this industry but I guess a better way to maybe put it sort of what's the the main reason you feel that that that's kind of quite prevalent because as we kind of touched on earlier I guess there's a multitude of ways to sort of go about it and as we even touched on you know there's many many ways to to skin a cat really so yeah definitely so. So what do I think is the biggest reason for misinformation? Is that what you said? What is the book? Yeah, why, why, why do you think misinformation is sort of so uh, yeah, prevalent? Uh, I, I genuinely feel like it's, it's that, that whole trend thing. It's mm -hmm. that whole, whole social media, people get hold of something, someone with a big following or a big voice starts shouting about something and then that's, then that's it. It's, yeah. it the, the tone is then set and then everybody feels like that's that's the only way that they can do things yeah. so i guess it kind of it, i guess it's not really fair to say that's misinformation because it's not the fact that it's wrong it's just not the only way yeah yeah you know what i mean so it's I, like, least really, it almost becomes like a religion for some people yeah. and they just can't grasp yeah, anything else yeah i mean i'm i'm talking about the way i the, like the things that i'm kind of talking about a lot of it has come from like my peers and my friends and people that are, are on the, the same kind of sponsorship team as me and the people that I respect. So it's, I'm not like discrediting them or bad mouthing them, but it's like the way like how an exercise is glorified and then it has to be done and then it will change. Yeah. Or there'll yeah. be a slight variation to it and then that's the next one that everybody's doing. And it's like, it was a, it was an RDL and then it was a stiff leg deadlift yeah. and then it was a <laughs> deficit stiff leg deadlift. Yeah. And now it's gone yeah. back to an RDL 
and now do you know what I mean? Like a banded RDL. Oh, people the same way of like, yep, yep, agree. Yeah, and, it, and it's like it's, and I don't even think it's like completely meant to have been portrayed as the only kind of big best exercise. But it's like Jordan will do it because he loves it and he favors it and he feels the benefits from it. Exactly. And yeah. Say this is the best exercise for posterior yeah. chain development. Yeah. And that's his point of view. And then everybody just takes it and runs away yeah. with it. Yeah. If yeah. Jordan coaches you, he won't make you do that exercise. Yeah. He'll probably put it in your plan. But then if you don't like it or you don't get on with it, which I can't do stuff like that at the minute because I've got like a glute impingement. Whenever I do a heavy hip hinge, I get a real sharp pain at my right glute. Mm -hmm. I can't do stuff like that. So if you can't do it or you don't like to do it, he, he won't make you do it. It's not like, okay, now you're just going to have a shit back because you can't do that. Right? Of course, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. It, it's just everybody puts out what they put out in terms of um, based on what they like. Mm -hmm. It's like you, when you write a client's plans, you write, if they don't specifically say they don't want certain foods in their diet or they do want certain foods in their diet, you're going to write them plans with the foods that you like to eat mm -hmm. because it's just a natural way of doing things uh, because yeah. you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. That's, I think that's like, that's a good, that's a good nutritious food source. I mm -hmm. enjoy that food source. And it just ends up being on the plan. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You don't think if you eat three meals of chicken and rice, one meal of beef and potato, one egg white and whole egg meal with avocado in the morning and two slices of toast, you then don't just go, okay, I'm going to give him prawns for meal one and I'm going to give him um, mussels for meal six. You don't just start making these like different, uh, adding different food groups in. You just do what you kind of do because that's what you enjoy doing. And you're, at the end yeah. of the day, that's your personal touch and your personal mm -hmm. approach. And you're being employed to kind of give, I guess, a part of that across they they see what they they like what they see and they're asking for that so I, I think it's kind of the the misinformation to come across in a in a in a way that hasn't kind of meant to have been like that i feel like it's not the first person that does it it's everybody else mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's yeah, a very good yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. gets hold of it after yeah more more so yeah. misapplication than misinformation yeah 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 that's, that's, yeah. 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 that's a good one that's a yeah of course we get to the uh Funnier questions. The uh, the well, there, there was there was one there was one more that I actually still still wanted to ask uh, ask Ada. Um, so obviously you're in you're in Dubai now. I know uh, I listened to to the podcast that you did with Hannah. I know you obviously mentioned that you you know your kids are starting school in Dubai now, and obviously you're going to be out there for the foreseeable. I found it I found it very interesting. Sort of what you had to say about sort of the the kids being kids thing, and you know going out there, you know, a lot for sort of the sake of the family and stuff. But yeah. one, one thing that I almost wondered was how, how do you kind of balance the idea of, you know, going out there being, you know, good for the family and uh, having that sort of sense of freedom for your kids versus just, just one that sort of popped into my head as, as a kid who moved around a lot, almost mm. potentially sort of the, the idea of impermanence, obviously knowing that, you know, potentially when, when sort of COVID's over might be coming back to the UK, yeah. you know, how, 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 do you, how do you sort of balance the feeling of, that, that you know that, that this is good for them in the idea that you know it's free and they might enjoy it, but then also that well, in a couple of years it might sort of be be gone again. Does, does that ever kind yeah. of come into your mind? Most definitely. Uh, we had this conversation yesterday, me and my wife actually, about 
talking because Jordan actually, I was talking to Jordan yesterday and he said, what are your plans for living and everything else for this year? Because obviously he's my main sponsor. So mm-hmm. that was kind of something that he asked him. I said, well, we'll be here for this year, most definitely, because I've got the contract for the year on the, on the, on the apartment. Yeah. My son's at school, so we, we want him to at least finish his, his school in here for that the year. And, uh, and then I said, oh, it just depends on what the world situation is like then, I guess. And then my wife was like, I, I don't think, she said, I can't see myself moving back yet next uh-huh. year. And I was like, okay, is that what you think? She was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, okay. And, 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 I, and on the same hand, my son loved the school so much that when he came back, he was like, oh, please don't take me out of this school. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh going to be difficult so but the plan was never to not go back and the plan was never to go back yeah it was just like we're here now because it's a better place to be so let's just live here and let's just see how it goes and and like you just said like um i don't know what it was like for you moving around and stuff as a kid and how or if it affected you at all in a a negative way but pros and cons yeah, like I don't want, I, I really don't want it to affect him. So if if I feel like he is really happy and and and, and he's not old, he's not old enough to kind of have a really um, strong decision on things. But I think after this year, when he turns eight and stuff, you can kind of ask him like, do you want to mm. stay here? Is this where you want to stay at school? Because it will be fresh enough for him to remember what it was like in school in the UK. And, and there's a lot of the UK that we don't have here. That's the only, only, uh, the kind of really only retraction, attraction that's making me contemplate moving back eventually is family. Mum, I'm trying to get my mum out of here now, to be honest. Like, if I could get her out here, it'd be a lot easier to stay here. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of benefits here. I really do enjoy being here, and uh, everybody does. But we, it, family's a stronghold, isn't it? And it's something that's going to always make you second guess things and wonder. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to disrupt his his upbringing. I'm mm-hmm. Definitely not. So what do you tell me? What what was the negatives and what were the uh, positives? Oh, I think I think uh, the the negatives were certainly that idea of kind of you know uh, you know everything almost feeling sort of temporary, like the the relationships that you form. I feel almost sort of never never seem quite as strong and, and solid because there's always the the, the feeling that you know eventually it, it is just inevitably going to sort of go away uh obviously the the main con was just being able to sort of experience things which which i i, I guess you know is the, the the real perk of you know as you said especially with the the world and the situation that it, it, it's in at the moment allowing your your kids to be kids as you said on on Hannah's podcast you know giving them that freedom being able to sort of enjoy themselves and stuff obviously the the experience side of things I guess more so somewhere like like Dubai of all places you know you know really cool place to to be for sure um so yeah pros and cons to to be taken from it for for sure and as you said I think that the best way to go about it is you know a little more so a little more so spontaneous see how things are are playing out yeah I think it's the only kind of way as well because like I don't know what your kind of stance is on the whole COVID thing and what your opinions are on it but there's a I'm like bloody like I don't know I think I think we're of a very similar opinion to you from what I've heard you say before (laughs) yeah good but I just don't have any faith in, in what's going on in the UK. And like, I feel yeah. like they're probably going to push 
for another lockdown in terms on the basis of the whole vaccine passport and everything else and they're going to lock you down until you've had it or something on those lines and it's just like it it seems imminent that's that it's going to come around again and i don't know i I just it is so crazy when i'm like when i'm here it's like i'm in another world i'm not in another country it's like i'm in another world and then i look at florida and i'm like they're in another world texas they're in another world and it's like the uk is like what are you doing why why such a such a frustrating yeah. situation because yeah. it's we we are literally having our rights pulled from us yeah. left right and center and it's just like well, this time. is not meant to happen we grew up thinking we never expected anything like this to ever happen in our lifetimes and it's like it actually is happening it's just mental mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to hard to get a grip on it's like I always say this about things it's like it's okay if you can understand it you can accept things when you can understand things when you can't understand something when it doesn't make any sense then you how can you get on with it how can you accept how can you just be like okay yeah this is what it is for Mm -hmm. sure for sure Mm -hmm. well that 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 brings me on to my last little question is that what what's your favorite thing about your your career then because obviously it sort of encompasses the coaching side of things and the bodybuilding side of things and now obviously with you with you being in Dubai and being able to have had some of these experiences, like, you know, for example, sort of coaching Nathan, I'm assuming you obviously saw his post yesterday about kind of coming out of rock bottom. Is it possible to pinpoint a favorite part of your career, whether it be kind of the, the freedom of, you know, coaching to be able to, to go somewhere like Dubai kind of as you wanted and, you know, be able to sort of take your family with you and stuff. Is it sort of, you know, being able to, to really see people progress I mean, obviously, it's all very, very rewarding, but kind of with everything that's going on at the moment, is it possible to sort of pinpoint the, 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 what's really the, the best bit about it? Uh, I think, because um, I've done it for so long, the whole moving around thing has always been something that I've been able to do. Right. Mm. So, so that, that, that will always have a very big kind of um, shine and positive uh, impact on my self and the reason why i do what i do but it as cheesy as it is it is helping people like when when i get i get messages that i read and i'm like fucking hell like, is that yeah. really yeah. the impact that i'm having on this guy's yeah. life like, yeah. it's, it's amazing like i never thought that i would ever be able to touch people in the way that i have just by giving them some some direction and 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 giving them something to follow and making them feel better it's just unreal i really really do think that there's nothing that can give me a job satisfaction like i'm getting Uh, yeah very much very very true very very true yeah good answer yeah um okay we're gonna ask you a probably the hardest (laughs) question yet (laughs) that's it this is a bit, I, I tried personally not to rehearse this. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you knew where we were going. Okay, right. Yeah. So the question we've almost asking everyone now is, uh, what are your top five movies? Oh, well, we we just go for three with guests. Oh, we'll go if, I mean, if, if you've got honourable mentions, if you've got, I want to give yeah. five, then go for it. What are, you, what are you? What are your top three? Maybe five. Okay. Um, movies, movies, movies. Top three. Okay, I think. This one's probably going to be a little bit of a. <laughs> it's a bit sad, but yeah, uh, the pursuit of happiness is definitely going to be oh, one good. of the top three. 
that was like probably one of the first films that really made me like well up a little bit. That was like a sad, sad film that touched me quite a bit. Um, let me think. It's got to be another. Uh, this is these are the like, hardest questions ever, aren't they? No, yeah, it really puts you on the spot. <laughs> Literally the hardest questions. Um, I have to say that. When the first Avengers came out, that was like my favorite yeah, film yeah, yeah. for a very long time. And then I ended up being a bit of a fan after that. So mm. I guess that deserves a mention. Yeah. And um, what else? I know I'm going to miss, I know that there's going to be a film that I think. Yeah, wish yeah, yeah. always happens. It always happens indeed. Yeah. Um, This is the last one. I've got to make it count. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, so many. So many. You, you're quite a film person, yeah. Yeah, I do. I love, I love, love watching a good film. Um, you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you one. I just can't pick one. I'm gonna have to say. I'm just yeah, gonna say two. a film that I watched not long ago that I thought was really good actually. Uh, Greenland. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. No, seen Gerard it. Butler. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's the new end of the world sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like COVID, COVID like. I've heard good things, but I haven't watched it though. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's a it's a decent film. It's a good good film. And it's, but it's so like. In terms of films that I really love, it's like films, now I said Gerard Butler, it kind of makes me think. So um, I do love those kind of films, like the Laura Biden Citizen kind of films. And um, there's obviously like Man on Fire. That's one of my, one of my all-time favorite films, Denzel Washington. Um, and then probably, actually, yeah, this is going to be in my top three, to be fair. Uh, Troy. Absolutely love that film. I can always, it's one of those films that I could just always put on. Yeah, yeah. Never get sick of watching it, no matter what. Yeah, I feel like that's a weird way to describe it. I feel like that's such a like a Sunday afternoon film. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to really like watch yeah. it. Watch it. Yeah, you can just watch. Yeah, it's always on. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's. Yeah, I'll take that as a top three. Yeah, decent, decent Good answers. Stuff. Yeah, only your boys. What are yours? Oh god, I mean, we, we, we mentioned that we mentioned this one on the on the last one that, that we did. The, the last one we just did a little update because obviously we had two two guests on prior and, and now obviously yeah. start getting the question thrown to us. Then what are your favorite films? Yeah, um I, I've probably already forgotten what I said on the last one, but I think my my yeah, so my favorite that. my favorite of all time, just more so for the kind of the nostalgia side of things, I guess probably for a similar reason that you will have said the Avengers, uh, the, the very first Star Wars episode four. Okay. Um more, more so for kind of the nostalgia and growing up and stuff. And yeah. to be fair, I think in, in terms of kind of its direction and stuff for the time, it was also pretty good. Uh, number two, it's a cheesy one, but I just enjoy it. It's probably my kind of Sunday afternoon film, the one you can always just sort of put on and have a good time. Uh, Point Break uh, uh, with uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze from nine, nine, the 1991 Ooh. version, obviously. Is that, is that the Serpent? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just always found that one really, really fun. I don't know why. 
And then my third one, I think, uh, probably Wolf of Wall Street, uh, just the, the classic, pretty funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many like, that could just break yeah, that yeah. top five. Tough, tough question. Yeah. I don't know what I said. I, I, I can't know. remember what you said. <laughs> I know what it is. Now that now you're on the spot. It's <laughs> I know we definitely had a discussion between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. I think you, I think you put that one fourth though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that one you put fourth That's because it. I told you there was no way to, to the, the yeah because I remember I arguing. Even, the, I can't even something. slightly remember what I said. What did I say? <laughs> um, I, I think you might have put Shutter Island first. Oh, Shutter Island's definitely up there. Yeah. Quality, I was, trying to think I was of, gonna say that. I was yeah, Shutter Island's definitely up there. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, because yeah, I was trying to think. I know a lot of Leo films are definitely up there. Um, Shutter Island. Did I put the Conjuring within my top three? I think that might have been second. You know, yeah, I think, Conjur- the, yeah. the second Conjuring because I, I absolutely love a horror, horror films. Yeah. Um, and then third, third, you either went for. Enemy, I think it might have no, been. No, that was an honourable mention. Was it? Yeah. Okay, mind. Um, I don't know then. I don't know. Third. What did I say? I didn't say anything. I remember I didn't say Marvel films because I said they need to be counted as mm, together. Need to be together, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I guess you can throw it back to Hayden now so you're not getting the third one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because I can't actually remember what I said at all. Yeah, good, yeah. No, de- decent, decent list on, on, on your part. Hey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, I think we've been rolling for a bit over an hour now, so that's actually probably not yeah. a bad yeah. time to sort of wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think that covered quite a lot sort of uh, you know the, the training side of things and sort of the new approach and you know not getting sort of too. Uh, zealous on on kind of the way one one person does things for yeah. sure sort of your point of view and coaching yeah we we appreciate all that massively that was that so was a, a really oh, thank you so thank you, you so much yeah, thank really, you very much it's been great to chat to you guys and give my opinion on things and i hope uh people get something from it and see that it's not all so rigid and you don't have to do something a certain yeah. way. So. Yeah, I definitely think they'll take something. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, nice one. Uh, thank you everyone for watching. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you again very see much. You the next one. Thanks, Hayden.